Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. Jody Burkeen. I am the founder of Man Up God's Way Men's Ministry and the host of the Man Up God's Way podcast. And we're excited to have you guys here tonight. I got a special guest that we'll introduce here in just a minute. Can't wait for you guys uh, to meet them. We were actually just reminiscing. Uh, we're from the same same hometown and uh, just got through uh, uh, telling our football stories. You know how they get better and better the older that you get. So uh, we had some really, really good stories there. So as usual, I got Mr. Ben Neely in the podcast room. How you doing? Buddy? How are you? I'm doing good. good. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Yeah. You got to sit there and listen to uh, me and Tim reminisce about some high school football stories. First time a podcast has ever uh, shifted in what we were going to talk about. <laughs> We were going to talk about Tim and his ministry. That's not going to happen tonight, <laughs> folks. Okay. We're going to talk about Jody Burkeen and all the stories that Tim has either heard or knows about Jody and can confirm. Uh, luckily, we were about four years apart. So uh, maybe he doesn't know that many. <laughs> yeah, I was. That, I was just making a joke after I listened to you for all for a few minutes. I just. I, I I was like, well, this is not going to work the way I wanted it to. So we'll have to talk about Tim. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, good, man. Good to have you here as usual, Ben. Thanks again for all that you do on the podcast. Fergoza is out tonight, our production manager, but um, he will be back next week as usual uh, to give his two cents worth as, as he usually yeah. does. You'll notice that the camera is going to work right tonight. Because you're on it. Yeah, Fergoza's over on well, his phone. Well, yeah. trying to do 20 <laughs> things at one time, and I'm just managing to do the camera. There so. you go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, again, like I said, we have a great guest tonight. Uh, before we get into there, if you get an opportunity, share this podcast with everybody that you know. Uh, the more people that you share it, the more people that will get to hear not only the message the, of the day, but also the good news of Jesus Christ uh, because we do promote Jesus and the gospel every single uh, podcast. Um, we've got a couple of things as well. Uh, ben, you want to promote those for us real quick? Yep. Man up, man up merch dot is it org dot com dot com man, man up merch dot com. This is how we pay for the podcast. Jody's not getting rich off this stuff. Mm -hmm. Me and Jody go to work every day. We just have a desire to help men any way we can to to try to help get through life just the way we're getting through life. So this is the book I started with. Uh, this literally, uh, Jody and my testimony is a lot the same. Um, when I when my wife presented me with this book, this was before uh, I met Jody and before we went to uh, uh, his church, I didn't think I needed this book. So if you're sitting here and you're looking at this screen and you're like, hey, listen, I don't need to man up, I guarantee you probably do. Amen. This is going to get you started. This is going to show you who you really are. Hopefully at that point you look in the mirror, you see some value in changing, and you're going to change your life with this book. And then he wrote a book here called Pursuit of a Godly Life based on First Peter or Second Peter chapter one, verses five through twelve. And this is going to kind of walk you through how to live a godly life. So, uh, Jody, real quick, just kind of talk about the premise based on the verses. So basically what I did is uh, in in 
Second Peter chapter one, verses five through 12, you'll see the characteristics that Peter lays out that a Christian should look like, you know, building your faith and your knowledge and your um, all the way to love. And it's almost like stepping stones in order to get to a place where you look like Jesus. So every chapter is one of those virtues of those characteristics that Peter lays out. So it gives you an idea of what's behind um, living a Christian life and living like Jesus matters pursuit of a godly life. This, what you're going to do with this book is, is the way I would advise using it is once you look in the mirror, you, you realize that you're not what you probably think that you are. Uh, and, and, and then you make a change in your life, then you can start this book. And this is going to walk you down the path of, okay, what is the fruit in my life that should be showing? Uh, because I'm telling everybody I'm a Christian. Amen. Perfect. We've got hats, t-shirts, everything all of it is fairly inexpensive guys and really all you're doing is keeping this podcast going so uh, we appreciate your support amen good job ben thanks without further further ado let's go ahead and bring on our guest today mr tim brown tim how you doing today brother man i'm good i'm great um i didn't realize uh, as you and i talked earlier uh, that, that this was going to be videoed as well or i would have worn like a tank top and you know really <laughs> tried to yeah exactly get yeah. the mu muscles and uh showed off what a 58 year old guy really looks like i'm honored honored to be on and look forward to our time together and um and yeah I, you, you're right i you and i were far enough, far enough apart in school that um i don't know a lot a lot of your stories and thank goodness you don't know a lot of mine either so <laughs> exactly well there wasn't a whole lot to do in murray kentucky that's for sure oh, uh, it was a dry it was a dry county when we were growing up so we always had to go south to to yep. Paris, tennessee and yep. uh to to get our uh our fun on i guess you could say yep. Yep. and uh luckily it was always out of the eyes of everybody else knew that road very well yeah uh, spent a lot of time going back and forth. So, I uh, so yeah, uh, unfortunately, if you were born in the seventies, eighties and, and late nineties, uh, yeah, Murray was, yeah, that was, a, that, that's all you did was go South. That was it. And right. exactly. until you got to, to, to be able to go to Murray state and then it kind of changed, uh, changed a little bit there. So yeah, it's, it's crazy that, um, I, I did not realize that before we even got on the podcast that you were from Murray, I knew that you were from Kentucky. So I thought, all right, some Kentucky boys will have some good stuff to talk about, but, uh, it's even more fun knowing that you're, you're from Murray where, where I grew up and, uh, I was there, I, I guess the same for you. We were, we grew up there and then, you know, when we get to teenage, late teenage, early twenties, uh, we get out and move out as fast as we could. So I know that's what I did. Yeah, I left the, the day after I graduated from high school. I moved to Houston, Texas for the summer to uh, make some money. That was in the early 80s. The uh, oil boom was going on, and I moved out there to make some money and wound up having to have my parents wire me money so I could get home because I spent every dime. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, then I went off to college, and really until later on in my life when I was uh, married with a couple young kids, we wound up moving back to Murray for – about two years but uh other than that i've been been away from there since i was 18 years old so, wow wow well so tell us a little bit about your story you know after after high school and college and okay. you, you go out and um tell us when you when you met jesus and and kind of the the walk that uh, started from there well I, you know when i was in high school and growing up i was you know it, it was 
obviously it was all about me. I was a, I was a, a sports head, you know, had played all the sports, did all this, you know, chasing the girls and the partying and um, thought I was something, hurt a, hurt a lot of people, uh, did whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do it and uh, was really an awful person and uh, went off to college um, to play football and the year that my girlfriend uh, at that time I, we started dating when she was a freshman and I was a sophomore and uh, in, in high school and she wound up following me to school the following year after she graduated and we came home from Christmas break after her first semester and found out we were going to be parents so oh, we wow. Immediately had to plan a wedding, and on January the 5th, we got married and um, spent our honeymoon in my at my parents' house, and they let us stay in their bedroom that night for our honeymoon, which was kind of bizarre. But um, And then the next day, we got back in the car with a little small U-Haul trailer and drove back to college and moved into married housing, and at 19 and 18, we were married, and by August of that year, my first son was born, and uh, I was uh, I quit playing football at that time and was trying to get out of school as fast as I could. Uh, was still involved in in, the, in my fraternity, and think back to some of the things I did back then, even as a married father, mm -hmm. uh, being active in the fraternity was, yeah, I'm just embarrassed by all that and. Uh, but then we uh, left left school, graduated early, left school, went off to work in the retail clothing business. Actually moved back to the Murray area to Paducah. Actually was working in a situation there with a family that I had known when I was in Murray that had a clothing operation that was expanding into Paducah. And so it, wasn't, was, it wasn't Corn Austin, was it? Was it was? Yeah, yeah. I worked there too. Holy cow! Oh, That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I used to do ads for those guys too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I did. Yeah. I did too. So uh, we, uh, so we, so I went, I went to help them open their uh, store in Paducah when they expanded to Paducah. And so, uh, was, which was not a good situation. I worked from nine to nine every day and was never home. I was doing things and around people I shouldn't have been doing and around. I was a horrible husband. Um, and wound up leaving there and moving to Somerset, Kentucky and going into the clothing business. Um, very successful at 24 years old. I was running a, about a $700,000 clothing operation and that I owned uh, as a franchise of another operation out of Lexington, Kentucky. And I, um, we were living big, had my second son and uh, wound up being convinced by the guy who owned the franchise operations to buy him out with some investors. And we did. And at 26 years old, I was running about a five and a half million dollar operation, uh, traveling all over the country, doing whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do it, living big. And, mm. um, again, horrible husband, horrible father, um, living for myself and, uh, come to find out this guy had really pulled the wool over our eyes and we had actually bought a bad apple and didn't know it. He gave us 
false financial statements and things like that. And we wound up, the, the, the business was actually insolvent and we didn't know it. And we wound up uh, having to liquidate it. Mm. And I, I filed personal bankruptcy, lost my house. They repossessed our cars. Uh, the IRS was my, basically moved in, moved in with me. And, uh, and they're done that. I worked, I live, I worked for them basically for nine years. Cause every, uh, every job I had after that, they took a tremendous amount of it out of my check to pay off some bad taxes that actually were owed by the other gentleman. But the way we had bought the business, we wound up incurring them. And so I wound up having to pay for it. So, uh, long story short, I, and I, you know, I talk about it in my book I wrote a couple of years ago called God and a man, how God can use any man to make a difference. And, you know, I, I just, it just, I've had so many people tell me they've read the book, just like, man, what an absolute train wreck you were. And, and we're, you know, um, just how you had fallen uh, and hit brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. But so finally one, uh, well, backtrack. When I was 18 years old, senior year of high school, Westside Baptist Church in Murray, I uh, got baptized at the lake that summer. And I, my dad did, my brother did. I think I just did it because they were doing it. And uh, we all jumped in the water together. And But I you know, I didn't have any kind of relationship. And, and I definitely wasn't, he wasn't a part of my life. And I was living like he wasn't. And so, but uh as everything was falling apart on me, um, one, one rainy December afternoon, uh, when I realized I didn't have money to buy my kids any Christmas presents with, I curled up in the corner of a, of a little rental house we were living in, cried up my eyes out, balled up like a baby in the corner and just said, okay, God, if you're real, um, I need, I, I need you. I've, I've done everything I know to do on my own and nothing's worked and I failed and I failed and, um, I'm done. And it was at that moment I could really feel like he kind of just said, you know, just kind of took a deep breath and said, well, I've been, I've been here all along. I've been waiting for you. And, uh, he, um, uh, picked me up out of that corner and, uh, started me on a journey. And, um, I was fortunate enough to come across a man that my dad had grown up with who used to play professional basketball uh, and started a ministry in the Murray area and has, has wound up having hundreds of thousands of people come through it um, in the last 40 something years. He's now, he's been dead about 10 years himself, but he saw something in me and started investing in me. And he just said, if I would be willing to show up, he would invest in me. So I'd, hang out with him. I jump. He had no pickup. I'd ride around with him and help him do whatever he was doing on his farm and on his property. And he would, uh, he taught, he taught me, taught me the, taught me the word. He, wow. uh, discipled me, uh, still don't know why, but he did. And, uh, the Lord used him to, to really help me see that, that, uh, I was God's man. I'd always been God's man. Um, but um, and he'd been patiently waiting on me. And now that I had decided to pursue God's heart, 
he would uh, take me on the greatest adventure of my life. And, um, you know, you fast forward how many ever years later, I'm 58 years old and uh, my wife and I should have been a statistic uh, getting married at 19 and 18. I was a horrible, horrible man and husband and father for many years. And, but we're still together this January will be 39 years. And um, God. what a, what a blessing. And, um, and, you know, I never dreamed I'd be a guy that the Lord would say, okay, now I want to use you uh, in a way to impact other men. And mm. so, you know, um, 14 years ago, he kind of got my attention with some things and decided, um, you're my, you're my guy. I'm going to give you an assignment and we're going to get out here and try to help men learn their identity, figure out that they really are who I say they are and, uh, that every man can make a difference and mm. because I created them and I want you to be my conduit. I'm going to give you an assignment to go out here and try to, uh, be my mouthpiece and I'll, I'll work through you. You stay out of my way and I'll work through you. And, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start changing men's lives and, and uh we'll 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 have some fun so that's that's kind of the cliff note version and uh praise god man that is awesome that's where that's we're great. at today and uh 14 years ago we started what's called re-up men's movement and uh the lord's just been faithful and, and just worked in thousands of men's lives and produced fruit and changed their lives and and prove and prove to him that this pretty simple statement that I say a lot, but I say it's simple, but it's so it's actually gigantic in that just really helping men believe and understand that he is who he says he is. Mm. And uh, we just got to learn how to let him, let him do that through us. And, and, and he'll, he'll, he'll be faithful to that. Mm, that's awesome. So 14 years ago, you say you, you, you listened to God and he told you to hear, I just, follow my lead. And what was that lead? So how did, how did re-up start? Yeah, great, great and, question. And like, uh, what, what was the catalyst to move it for 14 years? Well, I, um, when, when I was balled up in that corner of that little rental house, uh, and again, I, I don't do it justice trying to talk. I talk, like I said in my book, I, I go into more detail, but, um, I, I, I really felt the Lord just impress on me to reach out to a certain organization that I knew of that was, cause I'd been in the clothing business and this was an organization that was a clothing operation, a, a, a actually corporate nationwide clothing operation. And I just, I didn't know anybody there, but I just felt impressed it upon me to go um, pick up a phone and call their Lexington office. Wow. And I did and asked them if they were hiring people. And they said, yes. And uh, to make the story short, uh, they wound up hiring me. I wound up being with them for 18 years. Um, and what that was, was it was a custom clothing company where uh, I would call on guys individually in their office or home and sell them custom made clothing, suits, wow. shirts, all that kind of stuff. So the kind of people I was dealing with were, you know, they were they were they were men that were kind of the movers and shakers in their community they were successful i'm not saying 
every man was financially well off, but to buy this kind of clothing, you kind of had to be that way. Right. So, so, you know, I, de- I was dealing with kind of the, the people, everybody in the, co- in the communities that I was working, those men were the guys everybody wanted to be. And, you know, they, they were the successful guys. And so I, I got to develop really good relationships with those guys and we were behind closed doors. And, but what was interesting over that 18 year time frame was, and then especially closer to 1990, I mean, uh, 2000 and, um, I'm losing track here of 2009 when we started re-up, but prior to that, those last few years there, um, I would go to a guy's office and apparently I had a sign on my forehead saying, tell me all your problems. And they would, <laughs> they would literally just dump everything that was going on in their life to me. I mean, I, I right. would see, I would see these guys maybe two to three times a year, but I mean, I'm telling you that I'd get in my car and I'd just go, man, I cannot believe that guy just told me that. Wow. Or I'd get home at night and tell my wife, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you what these guys told me, but you, I mean, I can't believe what these guys are sharing with me. Well, that just kept happening over and over and over. So the Lord just kind of said, okay, Tim, are, are you, are you seeing what I'm, I, I want you to see? Mm. These men are unfulfilled. They've got all the stuff, but you know, I was having men tell me that, they had no relationship with their wife. Their kids didn't like them. Um, their their employees didn't like them. They didn't. And then the other thing I really figured out is most of these guys didn't have any friends. And that's why they were telling me all their stuff because they didn't have any friends. They just had acquaintances. Um, and then what I really started to see was as I was being discipled by Bob, the man who spent so much time with me, there was a statement that he taught me from a scriptural basis over a long period of time. And that statement was most men believe what they do, what they have and who they know is who they are. Mm -hmm. And he said, but the key to that deal is learning that what you do is not who you are, but who you are has a huge impact on what you do. If you really know who you are. Mm, That's good. And what I was finding from these men was these men didn't, their identity was in the world. I mean, they believed their vocation, the things they were accumulating and the people they knew was defining who they were. Well, you get to a certain point. That's a pretty, that's a pretty lonely room, you know? And you just, you're just, I mean, the number of men, older men, it would say, you know, now what do I do? I got all the stuff. Um, but I have nothing. And the number of men that would tell me that they were jealous of me because I had this great relationship with my wife and with my kids. And I really seemed secure and really understanding who I was. And, and so I would share them with them. Hey, it's because I know who I am in Christ. Mm. I've learned, I've learned my identity is really from him. Right. And that what I do as a man doesn't change that in God's eyes. But if I really know who I am, it does change what I do and how I live my life. And that attracts other people and other men. And so the Lord just started showing me, Hey Tim, we got a problem, man. The reason men aren't leading, the reason men aren't being who I made them to be is that they don't know who they are. Right. 
they're struggling with their identity. And so what I want you to do is I want you to be my conduit and we're going to create a context and a setting for men to learn their identity and have friendships and have accountability and then let me just do what only I can do. And so we, uh, a group of guys, we went, got away for, there was 20 of us. We got away for a retreat one weekend and just started talking about it. And we left there saying, okay, let's go home and start three groups of guys and see if we can't create some kind of intentional structure for these groups to use that, that will engage men. It will uh, help educate them, empower them and encourage them in the Lord. And help, and help them learn their identity. And we had no idea what we were doing. So I so I went to some local churches and talked to their pastors and said, okay, what's missing for men? How come men aren't reacting to the church? How come, you know, there's, you're not, there's nothing for the men. I mean, what, you know, you're having a pancake breakfast, you know, you're doing a wild game dinner or whatever, but I mean, there's nothing for, to, that men can really embrace that will help them grow and be who, who God wants them to be. Right. And what I'd hear from the church leaders as well, Tim, we want to do that. But, and, and really if, if we did, if there was just some kind of intentional structure that, that was already done that we could just hand these men and, and, and implement it, then we'd do it. Well, then I started talking to men and saying, okay, what's missing? What, what's missing in your life? And they're like, well, man, my church really doesn't do anything for me. And man, if I just had some kind of intentional structure that I could grab hold of and, 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 and with some other guys and really grow in the word and have some friends, I, I'd probably do that. But mm -hmm. well, we were the same thing from both sides. And we're like, okay, let's see if we can't do something about that. So that's what the 20 of us did. And the church I was attending at that time, uh, other men started hearing about it. And they're like, well, I want to do that too. And within about 18 months, we, we wound up having about 350 men um, step into these structures and start using it. And we're like, okay, we're on to something. Lord, you're doing something. So we got, we got to figure out how to get a, get a hold of this and, and move forward. So um, we did, and it just, it started to catch fire and, other guys from other churches started hearing about it and they're like, well, we want to do that too. And that's what we're looking for. And, mm. and then it just kind of snowballed and um, the Lord, again, he's just kind of shown out and done some cool stuff. That is amazing. So, so that started next thing, you know, you've got a men's ministry that's helping other churches. What, what is, so for an example, um, what is the process? Did you just start locally or did you, did you start locally and then just kind of work your way out? And now yeah. you're kind of nationally. Um, how, yeah. did, how did that happen? Well, um, we were local and there's a lot of men in this, in the, the town I live in, in Bowling Green. I mean, at one time we, we probably had easily thousand, 1500 men easily. It may even been more than that in numerous churches here in town. Um, involved in this yeah. and well really how it, how it kind of grew from just being local to 
to other places. Well, number number one, a couple of churches in Murray, uh, some people I knew, friends, they found out about it. So we started working with some churches in Murray. Uh, then we started working with some churches in Paducah. But then there was a guy involved here in Bowling Green in a, in in one of our one of our groups, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And he had a brother that lived in Gadsden, Alabama. And so one day I got a phone call from his brother and he said, hey, my brother's told me what you're doing. Would you be willing to come down here and show it to our church? I'm like, well, I guess. So I did. And they started down there and it just caught like wildfire mm. in this pocket in Alabama. And before we knew it, we had like 17 churches involved and uh, I don't know how many hundreds of men and kind of the same thing was happening there that it happened here. And then, um, then we had some guys in South Carolina and then some guys in Tennessee and, and, and so really until about two years ago, most of it was regionally, if you want to say that, you know, in this part of the country, eight or nine States, we had, to, we had some churches in Missouri over in the Cape Girardeau area. We had some churches in Southern Illinois, um, you know, you know, we had some in Ohio, Tennessee, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, you know, just kind of a regional. So we made the, my board of directors made a decision a couple of years ago that we felt like the Lord was, we started praying about it and he kind of made it clear that um, he wanted us to kind of go to the next level with it. So we, we've done that. And so now we, as you, the term you used a while ago, I guess we're considered to be more of a national deal right now. We're working with churches and men all over the country. And actually we're, we're getting ready to release uh, in November uh, over in Australia and uh, excited about some, some things that are happening there. And so I don't know, Lord, we're just trying to stay out of his way. <laughs> Amen. And only, and only step in his footprints. And after he's already stepped them. So uh, my prayer has always been, Lord, just don't let me get in your way, you know? And yeah, so, right, exactly. Um, so what, so, so re-up, um, what exactly, how did you come up with that name? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I get that all the time. And I'm, people are like, okay, there's got to be some really cool story. Well, no, there's really not. We, uh, we started as, it was called Uprising. Okay. But we found, and that's actually the corporate name is Uprising Inc. But we found out that Uprising was already, uh, copyrighted right and so we're like okay we got to change our name so some of us were sitting around one night and a guy from murray actually who was in one of our teams he was involved in the meeting and uh he said uh well you know we're really trying to get guys to step back into the game and be who god made them to be and you know we 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 call these gr groups of men that we do call that we call them fire teams. So, you know, re, you know, he kind of said re-enlist. No, no. He said, re how about getting them to re-up as a man, kind mm -hmm. of re-up them as a, we're like, sounds good. So we, we didn't put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> there we go. So it, it's, that's where it came from. So yeah, man, man up god's way man up actually started off as man up and then i found out that not only was man up you know copyrighted but it was also a 
gay website and a pill, you know, and a, an erection pill too. So there we go. All right. <laughs> That's what testosterone yeah. would yeah. 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 And there's a man up testosterone place here in St. Louis. So, hey. yeah. All so right. then we had to add the God's way on it and it was kind of, it kind of all made sense after that. But I, I know, you, you know, you think you have these great aha moments and, yeah. you know, the bright and shining light comes down and said, this is the name that you got to have. And sometimes it's just fumbling through it and when you get yeah. this name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, that's kind of where yeah. it happened with our fire teams too. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Ben, you were going to ask something. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tim. So where where is re-up hitting all the buttons? Where uh, are you hitting over the boxes as it relates to, um, the, you know, the research you've done, what you've seen, what you've learned about what men are actually looking for uh, to get more involved in the church. Well, we we we've tried to make it clear that. Um, that our goal is not to get men involved in the church. Okay. But our goal is to take them to his feet, send them on an adventure, pursuing his heart, have him teach them their identity. And then they naturally get involved in the church. Then again, back to my statement, what you do, I'm going to use my hands. I use this as a, uh, if this is a, who we are in Christ, what we do doesn't change that, but who we are does change what we do if we really know who we are. So what we're finding with men then is if we can really teach them that, their identity, then it changes what they do and they step into the church. And I mean, yeah, you look at all the data. I mean, 85% of all the volunteer work today in the churches are women. 75% of all the teaching being done today is done by women. Um, I mean, we can go on and on and on. Well, like this example down in Alabama I gave you, I mean, that one church we started there with started with 32 guys in fire teams, wound up having 174 guys in fire teams. That church grew from 250 to over 900. They grew from 17 baptisms a year to 94. And the pastor will tell you that he had men that were not involved in that church at all, all of a sudden come out of the woodwork wanting to do stuff in the church, volunteer. Praise God. Well, and, and he'll tell you those men took over that church because it was a movement. It built, and that's our goal is to help each church build a movement of men inside their church. Mm. And if that, if you do that, they'll build your church. And so, but to kind of your hot, back to the hot, we're, we're finding that the number one pain with men today, and especially young men is, they is their identity. They just don't know who they are. And that's what they're trying to figure out on a daily basis. Who am I? Who, who am I? What is a man? What is a biblical man? You know, because I've had all these failures, is that who I am? You know, or you know, this didn't work. This is, is that who I am? I mean, I was a guy that believed that forever after all my junk I went through. And, but we're finding that's the, we think that's the number one pain right now with the, with men is they're just they're, they they don't know who they are they don't know their identity and that's what they're pursuing every day they're out here trying to spend all their time being successful at things that don't matter because they think that defines them um and it, it just that's why we don't have any male leadership because men believe what they do is who they are and if they've messed up or whatever they step into the corner and look down at their shoes and say y'all can play on without me 
I'll be over here if you ever need me. So, right. mm, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I, I I like that thinking. Yeah. So so you you started the fire team. So so walk me through. Um, let's say I'm a guy right now. I'm I'm searching on the internet and I find your website. What? Uh, and I'm struggling. What would uh, what would be my start, so to speak? Well, if you're a guy that is you're struggling because you're you uh, need community um, of other men, All right? That you know, kind of have that um, hunger to grow um, in their walk, then we we can do a couple things. If you just want to individually grow in your walk without the community, but so but we're going to go to the community angle right now. You would just uh, respond on our website. There's a place on there saying, hey, if you want to uh, get started or whatever, and then we would send you to our new technology platform, which basically is is every is how we function. It's how we do everything. Um, it's got all of our support. It's got all of our encouragement. It's got all of our resources. Um, and you can actually just go on there and there's three levels of ways you can be involved in that community. And you choose which level you want to be involved in. You step into it and you can immediately start doing all of our studies and resources digitally. Okay. Um, you can take them with you anywhere, anytime. Um, there's teaching videos that go along with them and so forth. Um, so that's how you can grow individually. Um, but if you wanted to be in a community, then you would let us know. And like um, a couple of weeks ago, I, we started a new fire team virtually. That's one of our really growing aspects right now is our virtual fire teams. We'd always been an in-person in deal, but now with technology, we're able to do virtual teams. So I had a guy out of Louisville reach out to me, Jody, just like you're saying, he was searching. He went to our website. Um, reached out to me through the website. I immediately was able to put him in a fire team of guys virtually. Uh, and the other five guys in his team all live in different parts of the state. So, mm. and they meet, they meet, uh, well, they met tonight. They meet at seven o'clock. Okay. They meet seven o'clock on Tuesday nights through zoom. And he, after five weeks, he's reached out to me already and said, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. He said, That's it's awesome. It's a get. It's given me exactly what I was looking for, um, and so that that's kind of now. Or you could be a guy that says, "Hey, I've got four or five buddies. We'd like to do something like this. Start a team." Well, then you just go through the website, um, and we send you to the platform, and it walks you through all the steps of how to get started, and you can be up and running and going. Okay. So, so how do you? Uh, maybe this is a talk after the podcast because I don't want to really want to give anything away. But what? So you've got uh, you've got guys who can come in, they can learn on their own, or they can get involved with the virtual group, and then ideally that there is a potential leader. Maybe the church doesn't have a men's ministry, or maybe you know a guy that just maybe he's not connected in church, but you know at lunch every day at work, he's got three or four guys that he's hooking up with, and they're having lunch together and talking about. God stuff and they just kind of need a, a nudge. So maybe that's another way. Uh, yeah. so they go on and sign up 
um, for those resources. And so now they're a team leader and they get to all of their team gets the, that resources or does everybody have to sign up to that, that group? Everybody, every individual man has to, okay. that's how they get their content. Each individual. Right. And, and you're, you're um, again, I'll give you a real, real deal. We had a, uh, last week I had a group of guys, uh, they've been meeting for, uh, a little over four years at lunch at their workplace. There was five of them. Well, they, I made a presentation to the, through the Kentucky Baptist convention uh, a few weeks ago. And, and one of the, one of those guys was there. And so he's like, could we just convert our group over to a fire team and, and start the process and use it? And we're like, absolutely. So this week they, through the platform, they've converted over their group they had already. And they're, and, and now they're started, they've started a fire team using our actual structures and resources and all that to move forward. Cause his comment was, We've been together four years and we just really don't, it's just kind of become a social thing now. We don't really know. Right. We're looking for content and we're looking for structure and we don't want to just get together and talk about, you know, sports and, you know, and pray with each other, whatever. That's better than nothing, but we'd, we'd really like to have some, some intentionality. when right. we meet. So how long do you keep these groups engaged? So for an example, they start your program and how long do you have content for them to, to work through? Well, right now we have, uh, through our new platform, we just finished one of them this week building it out. We've got 14 studies on there, there right now, which is about, about four to five years worth of material. Um, and we're adding to it constantly. We're just entered into a new partnership with another uh, entity to to put, build out some content. So we're going to continue to add content. But what's interesting, Jody, is that, and Ben, the, the tenure of our fire teams right now is uh, almost nine years. These guys have been together. What, I'm telling you, when guys do what, what the Lord has allowed us to put together for them, they absolutely love it. They stay. You know, men, are, men especially in the church today, are known as quitters. Um, mm -hmm number of pastors I've sat across from that have said, man, we've tried everything. Our men just quit, you know, right. get them to stay. Well, they, they don't believe me when I tell them that our tenure of our t fire teams is nine years. Mm. Like, There's no way that's possible. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's impossible. It is possible. Wow. If, you, if you give them what they're looking for. And, and the thing about it is most men don't know what they're looking for until they see it because the local church isn't doing it. Right. If they see it. They're like, that's what I'm looking for. And so as long as you you keep keep them in the structure and you keep feeding them and they feel like they're growing, right. they'll, keep, they'll keep showing up. I mean, a guy like my fire team, personal team, we meet at 6 a.m. in the mor tomorrow morning on Wednesday mornings in a dental office. And, I mean, you, you're from, you, you grew up in Kentucky. You kind of know. I mean, sometime January, it can be a little nasty in February. You right. Know? But so why does a guy get up on a February morning at 5.30 to drive across town when it's five degrees outside and mama felt pretty good in the bed and he could have stayed, but he gets up, gets dressed, drives across town to meet mm. with the guys and he's been doing it for nine years. Why does he do that? He's getting something out of it. Right. So we're, 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 we're learning that men will stay. If they're, mm, getting, if they're getting what they're wanting. And plus, 
once you develop these friendships with these guys and they become your guys, I mean, a fire team is a military term for men in a foxhole fighting a battle together, taking heat, making sure every man survives. Right. And when that grows into that in these teams, I'm telling you, these guys aren't going anywhere. Those are their guys. Um, and they're, they're, those guys will take a bullet for them. That's good. That's really good. That's good. I like that a lot because I'm also a pastor of a church. And, you know, it's, it, we see, you know, it's not much different here um, than it is everywhere else, you know, just trying to get the men engaged. And, you know, we even have the man up ministry and, um, you know, we're actually looking at revamping that for January, but it, we kind of got in that, that vein as well. You know, let's do a, let's do a stakeout. Let's do a, you know, a pancake breakfast. Let's do, a, we just had a retreat and man, it was really, really good. Um, we got the guys away and, you know, now we're trying to move them into that direction of the movement. Like what you were talking about is to keep them engaged and keep them moving. We've got a lot of men that serve within the church, but it's, it's deeper than that. And, um, that's kind of where we're, we're headed as well. Um, and I, as a pastor, I see, I mean, I see the need to engage the men. I can imagine, you know, if you're going around meeting pastors at churches, they're, they're worried about, you know, little miss Betty that, you know, is coming up talking about the doilies that are missing from the, 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 the tithe plate, where's the doilies at, you know, and they're not really engaged with the men anymore. And that's, that's a bad thing for pastors. You know, the pastors have to be engaged with the men if they want their church to grow. Well, what we've learned, and I just have to, I mean, I pastored a church here in Bowling Green for seven years and, uh, and I know how we, you know, we're spending lots of plates. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the enemy distracts us from, from focusing on the greatest asset in our church, which is men. Mm -hmm. What we've learned, Jody, is we just, we just learned it. So we have a, we have a model where we come alongside of church and we tell the churches, we're not trying to build a men's ministry. If you want a men's ministry, you need to go somewhere else. Right. Men's ministries is blood in the water. We've all tried that. But what we want to do is we want we want to help you create a men's discipleship system that grows them as disciples into disciple makers. Right. And that is what men are looking for, um, especially young men. They they don't want the events. They're like, dude, I'm not going to that. I saw right. my I saw my dad do that, go to that, and it it didn't change him at all. Um, what I'm looking for is I want a setting where older men and younger men can come together on a consistent basis and get somebody answer my questions that I got as a man, mm. somebody helped me learn my identity and navigate through this world and have some friendship and grow me and help me deal with the real pain in my life. That's going on Monday through Saturday. That's good. And, you know, Dr. Tim Elmore says more intentional time with fewer people has a greater kingdom impact. And so what I tell these pastors is, look, first off, I want to see your men's discipleship plan. Of course, they look at me like I got six heads when I ask them that. And they, they said, what do you mean? Well, we do, you know, we build, we have a ministry where we build wheelchair ramps or we have a pancake, but no, 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 no. I want a discipleship plan for your men specifically. And they're like, well, we don't have that. I'm like, okay, well, then that's what we do. We'll partner with you. We'll partner with you. And here's what, here's what we've learned, Jody, is we have to do it for them or to right. never, 
where they'll never get done. So we just tell the pastors, look, just let us come do it for you. And all right. we all we need you to do, Pastor Jody, is encourage the men to get involved. And then once they get involved, you just pat them on the back and say, man, I'm proud of you. Keep going. And then we'll take care of everything else. I mean, wow. literally our partnership model, we do it all. We run it. We oversee it. We support it. And we've also learned if we trust the men in the church to do it, it won't get done either. So right. now eventually as they grow, it becomes its own living and breathing organism and the men will take, take it and run. But early on, we've learned you, you got to do it all for them or it won't happen. So, so, so what is your, what's your process in that? So what does Tim Brown do during this? Okay. So our starting point is, um, let's say we're going to work with Ignite Church, your church. Right. Partner with you. So we'd say, Jody, find us. You know, I don't know how big your church is on Sunday morning. So we kind of have a ratio that we recommend. But if you're, if you're a church that runs about 200 on a Sunday morning. Right. That's about us. Okay. Based on the statistics out there, that means about 35 to 40% of those are men. Okay. Uh, so you got about 80, 90 men probably to work with roughly. You may be different than that. Some churches are, but on the national average. So that tells us about how many men we got to work with. So we would tell you, okay, based on that, we need to do an, an, an ignite, an, what we call an ignite gathering. So Pastor Jody, we need you to handpick 12 guys in your church, bring them together, tell them you need their help. That's how you invite them. You say, look, Jody, I need your help. We're trying to build a movement of men in our church that will make disciples. Would you be willing to come next Tuesday night, seven o'clock? We'll feed you, whatever. I need your help. Can I count on you to be in there? Most guys and pastor says it that way and you say it twice. I need your help. Mm -hmm. They'll show up. All right. Especially if they're the guys you've handpicked. So those 12 guys come and we, we try to ignite those guys because you can't build anything without a foundation. So we want to build your foundation. So, what we do is we is you, you jump on a Zoom meeting with me and I share the vision, how everything works, what we're trying to do, the fruit of it, what it does, so on and so forth. And then we ask those 12 guys to create two fire teams for a 90-day period and test drive the, the, the car, okay? okay? And let us coach them very intentionally. We have a coaching process. And after that 90 days, we ask them to come back and meet with the leadership of the church and share their feedback. Now, I don't want this to sound arrogant and cocky, but we've never done one of those where one single man came back and said, this is a bunch of bull. Mm, that's good. What happens is most of the time we see guys cry and say, man, after 90 days, these five guys are the best friends I've ever had. Mm. Or man, I've been in the word more the last 90 days than I ever have. And my gosh, it's, it's rocking my world. Praise God. So then we say, okay, Pastor Jody, leadership of Ignite Church, do you want to move forward in a partnership now? Okay. Yeah. Well, then we have a 12 month partnership model. Now you've got 12 guys that are kind of your foundation guys to, to help lead it. And then we're not about events. We right. think of, we think events have been done to death, but we do have a an event that we've created that's the wide end of the funnel, 
that we ask men to come to. And we have a, it's all templated. We've, we've created all the marketing materials, everything. And we promote it. The guys come, you've got your 12 guys there kind of as your foundation guys. We, we do the, we do the presentation through a, a video link. And then we, let's say you get a hundred guys to show up that night at that event. We do a call to action at the end, asking the guys to step into fire teams. And right now we run 68% of the guys that show up at those events, sign up for a fire team. Wow. And, and then immediately within 72 hours, the new teams are formed and we've got them started and they're rocking and rolling. And, and then we start our whole deal then our whole and, coach. And re-up is doing the, the teams or is the team leaders take doing the teams? We organize the teams because the QR code sends the data to us. Okay. So, so we have this magic formula that we use. Right. And that is if a guy, if a guy says Tuesday PM, <laughs> the first six guys that say Tuesday PM are in that. Yeah. That's a team. Got it. <laughs> that's a team. Okay. So that way, buddy, that way buddies aren't together. You know, they're not. Right. Plus it allows them to be intergenerational that way. Um, like my dad, Murray, he's in a fire team. My dad's 80. He's in a fire team with two other guys that are in their early 70s, two guys in their 40s, and then one guy that's 32 and another one that's 28. I mean, and that is so cool to see that. That's great. Intergenerational thing. Folks, that is math straight out of the Kentucky public school system, <laughs> but it works. <laughs> See, we use all of our fingers and toes to count. Now. Right. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking my hands, but I, uh, like I think he's about to say E equals MC squared or <laughs> pi plus two equals six Y. Yeah, and he's like, first six that first come, they Tuesday get in that group. Yeah, yeah. that's good. First two, yeah. yeah, that's really Again, good. Some, some of those teams, we give guys options. Some of the fire teams are virtual. Some of them are in person. Um, and then we, you know, it's a 12-month partnership. And, I mean, basically we do everything for 12 months and really get it going. And then if, then we have a option. If you want to go another 12 months, we'll do that with you. Or you can just, by that time, it'll rock and roll, man. And you got guys going. And then, so after 12 months and let's just say the church has finally, you know, figured it out, then they don't, they don't necessarily need re-up anymore. They're running their men's ministry and discipling through that process. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we continually do offer them support We do, you know, we'll do uh, webinars and stuff where guys can jump on and, and, you know, Hey, here's what we're learning. Here's what we've seen, whatever to help you. Now the guys still have to use the platform. All the individual right. guys still have to use the platform because that's where all the content and the support's coming from. Right. But the actual church partnership. Right. The way. Yeah. And, and this thing becomes its own living and breathing organism, which is what you want anyway. So how do, um, uh, how many men do you have in a fire group? We think six to eight. Okay. No, more, no more than that. That's a good number. Yeah, that's about what we typically do too. So, um, so where is, so you've got this program, you've got the, the, the new digital side of it. You've got a great, um, it's a great looking website. You did really well on it. Um, I haven't seen the technology side of it yet, but, um, you know, just going through it, it's a, it's a really well done website. Uh, so what does, 
what does the future look like for reup man um you know we really feel like our call is to continually get that message out there of 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 really focusing on uh, identity uh, and continually um i mean the the core study the first study the fire teams do is called don't you know who you are and it's an 18 week study that we've created all of our studies are laid out in six day formats because we want guys in the word every day learning how to do that every day and kind of using the statement Bob used to use with me he said Tim your goal's got to be to help men where they can give God time enough on a daily basis give God time enough so he can teach them enough so they'll learn enough to trust him enough to let him live his life through them and when the average Christian man spends less than 10 minutes a day in the word and in prayer and mm -hmm. I believe that's an inflated number Right. Uh, but what we're learning is if we can give them a structure every day and say, okay, Jody, today read these, these verses. Here's five questions to answer. Cause the other thing we want is when they read scripture, we want them to think. We don't want them just to read. We want them to think when they read. So we give them these questions to answer and then they share their thoughts and they do that for six continuous days. Now it might take you 20 minutes. I had a guy call me from Louisville the other, the other day on a Saturday morning he said, Tim, I was just in the word for two and a half hours today. Mm, that's awesome. He said, I don't know if cumulatively in my life if I've ever been in the word two and a half hours. But he said, week three of this study, the identity study, is just blowing my mind. So I started chasing these rabbits. And anyway. Um, that's awesome. So what So what we want to do is we, we really feel like this identity piece is our signature piece. And we really, that's what the Lord's really used to change a lot of men's lives. So we want, to keep, we want to keep throwing, pounding that message out there. And then I think the other thing, the future of re-up is, is really helping men. And it's actually the topic of the, of the new book I'm writing is we're finding men don't know how to answer this question of what is a biblical man. Hmm. I mean, most guys are hoping nobody asks them that question. Right. But I'm finding if you line a hundred men up against a wall and ask them that question, you're going to get a hundred different answers. Yeah, exactly. And and most of them are going to be performance or activity related. And I think that's a problem, too, that we're yeah. shoving the, down these men's throats. It's, it's, it's all about what you do, a performance and activity. Well, but we're trying to teach them what they do is not who they are, but who they are has a huge impact on what they do. But yet we're telling them a biblical man is doing all this stuff. Right. Well, what if I fail at one of those, Jody? What if I do? What if I get a divorce? Does that mean I'm not a biblical man? What if one of my kids goes astray? Does that mean I'm not a biblical man? Right. So we think those are the two core things that moving forward, we really got to help men with in the church and outside the church is what is a biblical man and what is, what is the identity piece that we got to learn? And so we can learn who we really are. Man, I am pumped after this conversation. Seriously. I, I kid you not, man. I've, I have, uh, years ago, I started what was called war groups and this was much like what your, your, uh, fire teams are. And so we literally would send a box out and it was a really nice printed box. It had 10 of my books. It had a couple of t-shirts. It had wristbands. It had all that. And then we had a, um, a six month discipleship package in it, you know, so you go through my book and there's eight areas. That was a good eight week study, you know, to kind of go through that. And then, um, I, uh, and then 
part of it was, uh, you know, a zoom call or, you know, a conference call with me and coming in, you know, talking to the teams and all that kind of stuff. It blew up and it was like major gangbusters. And I just, I could not keep up. Like it just kind of got out of there. And then at the end of six months, it was like, now what? Yep. It, I didn't have anything else to go along with that. And co- as I did, it was really defeating at that time because it sold so quickly and so, so fast and furious. Well, see, that's what guys are hungry for. I mean, they're right. looking for it. They want that right. structure. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I mean, to be honest, Tim, I literally, you know, I'm sitting here gleaning all the stuff that you're talking about because this is what we've been trying to launch. I can't, I, I mean, Ben and I have been talking about it for years and uh, our media guy for Goza, um, he's been, we're, we've, we've got everything set up, ready to go. It's just like literally just trying to get it to launch uh, kind of deal. So you, you got, you lit a fire under my butt, um, you know, to, to, to kind of, you know, come alongside of you guys. Not, yeah, to- I mean, I, that, you know, I'm here. Here's here's something else, Joe. You're going to learn about me. Um, you know, I, I have a relationship with Radical Mentoring. When Reggie Campbell's there, Reggie's passed away. Kevin Harris is running it now. Better Man, Chris Harper, and those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So you know what? I, I I'm okay wearing a man up t-shirt if I need to. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't care. Um, I just want us to all lock arms, come together, work together, help each other. Amen. I'm telling you, I got four grandkids that, uh, excuse my language here, but, uh, I, I'm scared as hell as what they, what, what the future holds for yeah. them. If we don't get any male leadership out here, godly male leadership. And so I'm, I'm willing to do whatever we got to do. And if I've got to, I've got to stand on my head um, and uh, let you cut my toes off. <laughs> I, I don't care. I right, just amen. come together and build men into who God made them to be and, and get after this, man, because I'm tired of this enemy kicking our tails right now. Amen. Amen. And you're going to say something? Well, I was just going to ask – how, what are, what are, what are some of the things, the benefits you're seeing from this or, or that the churches are sharing with you? I'm an outreach leader. So I lead the outreach ministry myself and my wife. Yep. So what are the, one of the things that I struggle with uh, as an outreach leader and really I, I have conversations with Jody who has to talk me off the ledge all the time is, is, is service. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, well, I think we come into the, I can, I think we come into church as, as men and it, like you said it's 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 about doing instead of about being right we got to got to get away from that mentality we're always looking for something sexy yeah, yeah. Um, we're always looking for something that we get to see the results of not that the, not that we're not going to have ministries and stuff and and sometimes it's just serving in these little ways uh that actually there, there's this, uh, there's this uh, aspect of a Christian's life that is never going to be fully developed without extreme service. Yeah. For well, God. I, I think. Again, I keep going back to this, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but again, let's go back to this principle. That's a truth. If a man can learn that what he does doesn't change who he is but if he really knows who he is it changes what he does 
Right. Mm-hmm. That t- so Ben, what my, my what we've seen is when a man learns that that light bulb goes off, and he understands that he is truly a child of God, and that he is justified, redeemed, holy, blameless, the righteousness of God Himself. All those things. We go on and on, on all those verses, especially the ones that Paul wrote. He's a new creation. Oh, all those things. When he really understands that and learns how to live in that, it changes what he does. I mean, he becomes outward focused just naturally. He becomes, I want to serve others. He becomes a servant. It, it just comes naturally because yeah, there's great freedom. There's great freedom in knowing who you are. Yeah, because knowing really who he is has changed what he does. Yeah. So, but we're trying to teach them that you got to, it's about this. Right. No, yeah. it's about this. Everything is from this. Mm. When a guy, I'm telling you, men are natural fixtures. You know, we want to go help save the world and all that. And, and I tell pastors this all the time. If you will help a man understand who he really is and he learns his identity, you're going to have to get out of his way. Yeah. He will absolutely take on hell with a pair of scissors or he'll he'll say give me give me some young guys or give me something to do let me go be jesus to somebody give as as uh caleb said give me the giants right you know give me the giants and i i we've just seen that play out over and over and over the last 14 years i mean we got we got pastors coming to us going man it's like uh, aliens have invaded the, the bodies of some of my men. You know, I've never seen them this way. I mean, I, I got so many men that want to do stuff. I don't know what to do with them. Mm. We got wives mm-hmm. telling us that, you know, somebody replaced their husband at work and he came home as somebody different, you know? <laughs> wow. But again, it's, I'm telling you, it all comes from that identity piece. When that mm. light bulb goes off. That's just, great, brother. That is great. So what, um, and, and maybe this is, maybe you can, you can tell us or not, but like, what is the cost for a guy, uh, or a church to come along, um, alongside of this, this program? Well, let me say this at first. It's priceless. I trust me. I, I, I already see the we, benefit in we it. Have, uh, we've been a donation driven ministry for, for the first, uh, 12 years. Right. Um, but this guy that built this platform for, told me a couple of years ago, he said, Tim, that will not sustain into the future. You've got to have a revenue stream. You got to set yourself up for the future, especially with the next generations. And that's why you need to build this technology platform because in it, I can s- set you up for the future and you can adapt to things as they change out there technology wise to grow but you, I can also help create you a revenue stream. So for the first time ever, we now have a revenue stream. Um, so our church partnership model, we have three tiers. Joe, do we have a tier one partner, a tier two partner, and a tier three partner? And that all that is, it's based on if you run zero to 200 on a Sunday morning, we consider you a tier one partner because we, we can kind of gauge about how many men we'll be working with. Right. You're, and that costs you $299 for the entire 12 months. That's 25 bucks a month. Okay. For us to implement and run and do everything that we do. Right. 
tier two partnership is 201 to 500. Um, and that's, that's 499, I mean, 599 a year. And then tier three is 500 and above. And that's 799 a year for the 12 months. Hmm. And that's for us to do everything that we do. Right. For the individual men, the platform, there's three ways you can be involved in the platform and you have to use the platform. Like you can't order any, if you're somebody says, well, I don't want to do anything technology. I want the actual workbook study printed workbook. Well, you still got to go be one of the, one of these three levels to do that. Right. So we, we have a free membership that you can join the platform and you get to take all the personality assessments we have on there. We have the disc personality, the Enneagram. Um, I can't think of the name of the other one and a spiritual gifts test. Right. And you, you can take all those for free and build a profile of yourself. And then it allows you to order the physical workbooks. Okay. And the, the physical, it takes you to a third party site. You order them, they print them, send them directly to you. Um, they range from anywhere from $25 to $40, depending on the study, okay? Or you can be a core member, which is $9.99 a month. It allows you to do everything a free member can do, but it also allows you to do all of the studies digitally if you want to yeah. and watch all the videos and everything that goes with them. That's where most guys are going now. They're doing that. You do, I mean, it's the same content. You look at, you look at week one, day one in a printed workbook and you look at week one, day one on the line and the exact same thing. Right. Type your answer in, it saves it. You've got it for infinity. You can take it anywhere you want to with you on a device or whatever. That's and great. Then we have a premium level, which is $14 and 99 cents a month. You get all the stuff from the free and the core. Plus once a month, we drop premium content, video content, teaching content that only premium members get access to. That's so great, we dude. Might have, we might have something from you or whatever, you know, a teacher. Right. So we drop it on there. Um, and so everybody would get a notice that's a premium member saying, hey, we have new content to just drop. Jody Burkeen, Man, Man Up God's Way, three-part series. You go on there and you can watch it. So that's our revenue stream. We you that's free, great. $9.99 or $14.99. And that's, that's, that's the men's skin in the game. Right. And yeah. Then we have the church partnership model. That's the church's skin in the game. That's great. That is great. Holy cow, Tim. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm impressed. You did a great job with this. Thank you. Sounds, sounds like you're affecting and changing uh, men in the way that church think about the movement that needs to happen with the men, which is, is paramount. Once you do that, then, you know, we'll, uh, we'll definitely storm hell's gates with the water pistols. That's for sure. Well, um, I know you can relate to this, that, you know, the only issue, the only obstacle, unfortunately, is the church gets in its, in, in its own way lots of times. <laughs> and so getting, getting pastors to really embrace this and, um, move forward with it is a, is a continual challenge daily. Right. Um, but the Lord's, he's, he's, he's got it all worked out and we'll just, I'm learning to be patient, you know, Amen. some of these guys, I want to grab by the back of the head and shake them and go, really, you know, 
but anyway, I always I always say we need to lay hands on Jesus' name. You know, like like yeah. really lay some hands on them big time. Jody's been saying for years, men's ministries like herding cats. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, one of my and, and another thing that's probably not a good thing, and I got to be careful with it, is I have the spirit. One of my, I guess, my number one spiritual gift. I didn't even know it was on the spiritual gifts test. Is ticking men off. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sometimes that sometimes that flows over into my conversations with pastors, and I got to be careful sometimes. But right. Uh, but I've also learned. I know you have too, Jody. With men, especially, if you don't get in their grill a little bit, if you don't tick them off a little bit, they're not going to change. They're just going to keep doing the same thing they've been doing. Well, we need authenticity, you know, when it comes to dealing with each other. You know, I give I give my guys the same right to to that you know poking the proverbial chest as they give me and it has to it has to be circular or or it's not going to work you know you have to be as authentic with them as they are with you and even as a pastor obviously that is um that is well managed it's not like i tell everybody everything uh i do have certain guys that i i talk with but um, I think the church needs to do a better job of that authenticity and and making things, uh, you know, um, the way that guys would talk, you know, and I'm not talking about rude, crude, or, yeah. you know, cussing or anything like that, but just blunt and straight to the point and, and the facts. And um, I think you see a lot of, a lot of growth happen when you can actually be real and raw with guys big time. Well, no doubt. I would, I would, you know, that, I've got a buddy of mine that says, you know, one of the problems with the church and with men today with each other is we're, we're letting each other off the hook too easy. We got to start, right. we got to start going, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not letting you off the hook, brother. I love you. And I'm, I'm not buying that excuse. We're going to, you know, we're not, we're not going to do that anymore. So, Amen. so Tim, where can people find you? Uh, they can go to reupmen.com, reup, R-E-U-P men altogether.com. Or if they want to check out our platform, it's uh, it's not www. It's uh, I never can get that right. You got to put in the http yeah backslash deal, and then it's reup.impact.app app reup.impact.app. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so how can we pray for you, Tim? Oh uh, man, just, uh, that, that, um, he'll, he'll, uh, keep me out of his way. Um, he'll keep doing what only he can do and being who only he can be. And, um, that he'll keep opening the doors that he wants to open. And, uh, cause I'll, I, I'm, I tell men all the time you're looking at a guy that's all in and so if he opens the door i'm going all i'm going all in yeah. i'm going to bust through that dude so just help, help me make sure i don't bust it open when it's only about halfway open i need to make sure it's all the way open because i'm going to hit it like a bull in a china shop so um yeah those would be the main things just okay. stay out of his way and and then bring about the partnerships and the people like jody and other people that he wants to go on all of us go on the ride together praise god i love that i love that well brother it's been a, a blessing uh 
don't sign off yet. I'm just going to sign off from the podcast because I do want to talk to you from behind, behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, we want to thank you, uh, Ben, any closing remarks? I just want to pray for him. Okay. Like, can we just pray Let's real quick? Yes. Thank Father, Lord, we just, uh, man, we just thank you for all these chance meetings of, uh, our brothers all around the world that are, um, have so much, uh, zeal and desire to serve you, uh, to glorify you, to, uh, help men, uh, not only find out who they are, Lord, but, uh, but just uh, w- want to help men succeed and, and be strong husbands and uh, strong uh, career, you know, strong people in their career that shine the light on you and that, that glorify you with uh, the way that we carry ourselves and the way that we, uh, the way that, that we just naturally through the power of the Holy spirit change uh, and attract people to you. Lord, we just lift up Tim. We just ask you to bless this ministry. We know it's all you, uh, but we just ask you to continue to give him uh, uh, vision, uh, guidance. Uh, we just ask you to uh, protect him and his family and all of his loved ones from the north, south, east, west, above and below. Lord, we just uh, ask you to keep his zeal in check. Uh, remind him to follow uh, the things that he's teaching. Sometimes, Lord, we can forget that. Uh, and we, our zeal gets more than your zeal and we want to bust through the door. Uh, and maybe it's a season of, uh, just sitting and reflecting and stabilizing whatever it is, Lord, I don't know you do, but, uh, just, uh, ask you to, uh, just, uh, help him to, uh, uh, know that, uh, just keep in mind that it's all you, uh, that it's nothing. It's not a new idea that he needs or a new, uh, a new, uh, uh, gimmick to to come up with to to draw these people in lord all he's got to do is continue to be faithful to you uh continue to follow your lead follow your direction and glorify you in everything we uh, everything that he does lord we just uh we, we we love tim we love his verve we love what he's trying to do for men and if there's anything that we can do to help him to come up alongside of him or vice versa lord we just ask you to open up that avenue in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And I'm sorry I didn't pray on camera, but it's probably best. That's all right. You did good. Thank you so much. Um, everybody can watch me wink every night, look yeah. up at the camera. But uh again, Tim, thank you so much for this. Uh all folks, right, if you get an opportunity, make sure that you share this with anyone uh in your sphere of influence. Um, if you know of men or a church that are hurting right now that need to to get their stuff together, go to reupmen.com and check that out. Guys, we love you, and we'll see you next week. God bless. Bye, guys. All right, we're done. So awesome. So a couple quick questions. Real, real, go ahead. Tim, I'm going to sign yeah. out. I've got a little bit of a drive home, but it was just wonderful to to meet you and talk to you, and I think what you're doing is just outstanding, and uh, I love your uh, – I love your energy for it, man. So uh, finish strong. Thank you, brother. All right, man. I'll talk Thank to you later. I'll hang out with you some sometime. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Thanks. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.